Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, podcasting. We have an artist on the podcast this week. Um, As I say, many podcasts, I found Lydia through Instagram, or maybe she found me. I don't even remember. And um, she's just doing some really interesting and beautiful work around womb healing. Definitely go follow her Instagram and maybe she'll tell you to follow other places, but Lydia Nobles, why don't you introduce yourself, why you would say yes to having this conversation, being on this podcast, what abortion means in your life, like anything you want to say about yourself and who you are, and then we'll just chat and see where it goes. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name is Lydia Nobles, and I'm a visual artist. Like she says, I mostly do sculpture around the masculine and feminine imaginary and the erotic. And recently, I've been working on abortion projects because that is really important to me. I had an abortion back in 2018, and I created my own um, sculpture kind of representing my own abortion in 2019. And then later on, I just felt like it was really important to start talking about it involving other stories because I'm not the only person who's had an abortion. And it's just been amazing to see like all these different accounts like yours talking about it and supporting these people and sharing, sharing stories that people want to, you know, like shout your abortion, for example. I love that page. I know there's so many good pages out there. I remember at first when I started this work, I was like, "Where there's got to be more people. And then like every day I find someone new, I'm like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> there's so many good accounts out there. You just have to search a little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm so curious about your personal project you did in 2019. Was that a part, like, did you do that as a part of your own healing? Um, yeah, definitely. It's called Sonogram, and it happens to be a chair uh, sculpture. It's a Planned Parenthood chair that I actually found in the trash. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I went around scouting at the different locations to see if I could find one, and I did, and I, um, I use rubber a lot, and so I used rubber to create kind of this form that I felt represented my kind of like sonogram or my vulva or my uterus yeah all of those kind of inspirations um because there was just this moment for me when I I had a medical abortion yeah and I was um at my sister's house and I used to want to be a gynecologist so when like the stuff was coming out I was just so fascinated by like what it looked like and yeah. I'm probably like the only person who was like examining nope, you're not <laughs> <laughs> you're not 
But um, yeah, so that was really inspiring for me. And then I was finally ready to kind of talk about it through art. That's yeah. usually the first modality. And then later on, able to make like little YouTube videos about it and speak mm. more openly on it. Yeah. What do you feel now when you look at that, that sculpture? Um, I think that it's a really powerful sculpture and I also feel a little, it's actually in my room. <laughs> so I wake up every morning and look at it, but it's, um, a little bit, a little grotesque and a little sad is kind yeah. of the feelings that I get from it. But I also think it's uncanny and I think because of the orientation the there's kind of like this circular sculpture part that I've strapped into the chair yeah. and because it kind of tilts upward towards the viewer it kind of also is a celebration that I was able to have an abortion so right. yeah so that's one thing I enjoy about it and of course having it in my room is also a celebration yeah all the feels. reminder yeah yeah Cool. And the project you're doing right now around abortion is also chair related or no? Am I making that up? Um, no, you're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've always been that interested in um, bringing my sculptures into interior spaces. Mm -hmm. So my, my practice that's not typically about abortion, I create large scale sculptures out of rubber and I paint them amazing like peaches and pinks and purples um and usually I play with them in interior spaces and then photograph myself with them yeah. and so I've always been interested in like these interior um sculptures and I think chair chairs are really interesting and they've always been a part of my practice in 2015, I made this amazing chair sculpture. It had a giant um, phallic structure. It was made out of steel. That was one of my first like feminist projects working around the male gaze. And so I think that in culmination with the whole experience of just being in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. And like, I think it's because at the Planned Parenthood I went to, they had us go into many waiting rooms. I think I went into like yeah. four. And the whole time I was thinking like, oh yeah. God, why are there so many rooms? <laughs> and then like looking, because not everyone at Planned Parenthood is there for an abortion. But when I was there for an abortion, I was like wondering like, who, who's, yeah. what are these stories? Like, what are these other people going through? And yeah, just, it made me really think about like the seat as well. Like so many people sit in them and kind of leave their imprint. And I'm really big on like energy mm -hmm. being kind of like left in rooms after you left. So yeah, that was kind of the inspiration for the chairs. So mm -hmm. for the, and the other thing that was kind of the inspiration too was in the waiting room, it was a little bizarre, but they were playing um, Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> and so, oh, TV show. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like not the best yeah. TV show to be playing while people are waiting to have an abortion, but it was on and it kind of left a big imprint on me. And I was just oh. thinking about how powerful like the waiting room is. 
and so yeah (laughs) so many like different experiences um and so anyways basically what I'm going to be doing is interviewing people who've had an abortion and pulling different things from their story that they might mention like colors um someone recently mentioned she had a scar different things like that and utilizing different sculptural materials to kind of convey their experience and celebrate that they had access to abortions through chair sculpture and then eventually the exhibition will be set up like a waiting room and we're going to do like a full installation with like the linoleum floor like the those odd yellow walls and this will be in new york city yes and what's the date um so it's tentative right now but it's going to be somewhere between may and or march and may of next year so amazing i was getting this visual um of the chair i sat in when I, cause I had a medical abortion too. So I, I was um, in an, I was not at a Planned Parenthood, but I was in an office where the procedure was for me to swallow the first pill with them there. That was just their protocol. And I like remember sitting in that chair and I said to the obstetrician, you could do an entire documentary on this moment of swallowing this pill. And as you were talking for some reason, I was getting this like artistic visual of someone swallowing like this gigantic pill, like in there, like (laughs) like, (laughs) that's what it felt like to me. Like, I felt like it's this tiny little pill, right? But you feel like the magnitude of it. There was so much in those like three seconds it felt like an entire movie flashing through my head. Anyway, yeah, that's, what I, that's what I remember in the chair is that, <laughs> moment, that moment of like, whoa, the game just changed. Like there's, there's no going back. Like this is the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember when I was having that experience as well, they give you that whole kind of speech that as soon as you take this pill you can't change your mind and because there's a second pill it does make you feel like you do have a window of opportunity to change your mind but you really don't so I was just thinking too I wonder what his my obstetrician was male at that point and I wonder what's going through his head as he's just watching you know, that Mm -hmm. moment from, from that perspective, I think in like, I got the sense that it was like a little awkward for him, not that he was awkward. He was fantastic, but it's like, basically I have to watch you do this for protocol, which is kind of ridiculous because this is your moment, not mine, but I legally, I have to be here watching you swallow this pill. (laughs) I remember that energy too. And maybe I made it up in my head, but it definitely felt like he's just here. He's just watching me do this because he has to not, you know. Mm, That's not a good feeling. I bet I wonder like if he had, he didn't really know what to say as well. He was amazing. Oh, he was amazing. (laughs) Oh, he was totally amazing. Um, 
every, all of the care. And I actually just saw him recently for an annual exam. I hadn't seen him in four years since the abortion and he was still amazing. Um, he did know what to say, but what do you say? There's no like right thing to say. Cause it's just an awkward moment in general, like, mm. especially in like a clinical environment. Like if you get the, yeah, exactly. Like you get the pill in the mail and you make yourself some tea and you like snuggle in and like light a candle. Like there's lots of things you could do at home, but in the clinic, right? It just, it's an awkward moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like that professional patient whole thing. I was actually coaching a client uh, this week and I was, oh, what was that? This, the language I kept hearing was like, there's, there's this power pleasing that happens too. Like he's the expert, he's the physician, he's the, and I, he, I didn't feel this particularly from him in the moment, but you, what you're talking about is there's that like lab coat kind of, there's like a hierarchy in the room. Like I'm the patient and you're the expert. Um, and th- we almost, most of us step into that, like kind of power pleasing space where we like want to do and say the right thing or like I actually remember trying to be funny in that moment mm. I remember like wanting to like make it less awkward <laughs> um yeah and that act- comes back to like that people pleasing yeah, totally that we have yeah. yeah like I was like how can I make this easier for him or for both of us but but definitely no. he was in a position of power and I, I was grateful because I had access, but like, I was not in power in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. This is so interesting. Anyway, <laughs> anything else you want to tell us about this project? Are you still looking for participants? Um, I am actually, I only have about five, five so far. Okay. So if I released this you know, in the next month or so, we're recording at the beginning of October. Um, could someone reach out to you to participate? Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely reach out. I'm also interviewing men who are partners of someone who's had an abortion. Oh, amazing. So, um, and also providers and midwives, although I'm not doing a sculpture um, for those experiences but they will be part of the show just to kind of do a more holistic approach of like the different sides of the story. That's amazing. Yeah. It's actually quite challenging to um, find men who are willing to talk about their partner's abortion or how they felt about it. But I think it's such an important part of the story, especially politically, because, um, it just spreads awareness to like other men. It, it's such a like a quote unquote um, women or LGBTQ issue when yeah. it's it's really not. It's an everyone issue. issue. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so true. Have you read Ars Botanica? Um, I haven't. I have one more copy. I would mail it to you as a gift if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I think you would love it. 
and maybe some of it will influence your project. But that's all about his experience being the partner and like his relationship to, to that pregnancy. And it's beautiful. It's super artistic and just really a beautiful book. I forget which episode that was, but I'll link to that episode too. Yeah, I would um, love that. I mean, yeah, I never really got the chance to talk to my partner after my abortion. So hmm. you know, it would be really nice to read like yeah. that experience. Yeah, I'll send all us. I'll get your address and send it to you. Um, what are you imagining the experience of the gallery, like the project to be for a viewer? Like, are they walking through the room? Like, are they like, what, what's the, what's your vision of how that will fall out? Yeah, absolutely. So right now it's subject to change, but in my head, the vision is that you'll kind of walk into kind of um well I guess I'm going to be basing most of like the clinic experience based off of Planned Parenthood yeah and particularly the ones in New York those are the ones I've been to and so when I go into those uh, there's kind of like a security screening yeah we're gonna have some form of that um and then you'll walk in and instead of like the actual waiting room chairs, it'll be the sculptures. And so the viewer will be able to walk around, look at the sculptures. And if they want to engage further, they can listen to the stories. Mm. So there'll be a QR code next to each sculpture and you'll be able to listen on your own personal headset. Wow. So I'm really excited. It's going to have on the website. Yeah, it'll all be on the website as well. I want to make it like accessible as possible so that we can share these stories. And I think what's cool about um, what I really noticed when I was like kind of healing was I was like searching out stories, but not just written stories. Like I really wanted to like hear and see like voices and faces that were real and you know of course the first place I looked was YouTube and I didn't really feel like I saw a lot of what I needed and so that's another reason for my interest in this project is just really creating what I needed and Mm -hmm. and by sharing so many different types of stories you know maybe it'll meet someone else's need and they can relate and like oh my god that's similar to what happened to me because my story is not going to be similar to yours or anyone else's but um someone else's story might have some correlation Hmm. they're all similar but they all have like specific details that make them different yeah and I think that's important to have like the audio and right now we're such a visual culture like video and audio is I think the direction that everyone's heading in for sure and yeah just being able to hear the emotion in the voices like makes such a big difference yeah yeah I'm just my brain is coming up with like all these creative ideas and interactive experiences around this this is so cool that you do this, like that this is your work. <laughs> Thank you. Really, yeah, I love really it. Like- and so important. So important. 
Do you know, I cannot think of their name at all. I think it was just one woman. It might've been a couple. I almost had her on the podcast. Does this like whole virtual reality thing around abortion? I don't know of that, but that sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to revisit that. Um, She was coming on the podcast right before the pandemic started and like her trip was actually interrupted by it and it got pretty complicated. I think she got stuck somewhere because of COVID. Yeah, I'm gonna have to revisit that. But that was a cool project too of like the virtual experience of like people's story. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds really amazing. Because the thing is too is, if you're a particular type of person, you might not ever be in that kind of waiting room situation. And, you know, when you go to vote, you know, it might be harder for you to understand why access to abortion is so important. And so that's why I feel like through art, I'm able to create a variation of the waiting room experience. And that by, I think when people are dropped into it, like, emotionally or literally physically through virtual reality or like an art exhibit also I feel like video does that to an extent it just really changes the game of how someone can empathize I mean that's why movies are so powerful plays are so powerful because we can feel the characters on just such a deeper level yeah yeah so that's really what I'm interested in amazing creating like a full a full sensory experience. Yeah. So yeah, that virtual reality project sounds really cool. Yeah, I'd love to revisit that. I, my brain does not remember at all what it was called, but um, I'm sure I'll think of it. Um, so you also do a like womb healing circle or something, don't you? I feel like that's what I saw yes. about your work first. And then later this current project came up and I was like, okay, we need to podcast. (laughs) Um, But tell us about that. Yeah, so me and another coach, uh, Lee, she does womb healing with me every other week. And we do a meditation at the beginning and at the end. And then in the middle, each person, including um, us, we each have two minutes to share. And it's, there's no like cross talking, there's no advice giving, um, no kind of input on anyone's experience. It's really just so that you can come on, center yourself through meditation, allow whatever needs to be heard, heard and seen by the group, and then have a closing meditation. It's a really powerful modality that I actually learned um, through kaboom coaching I don't know if you know of them but (laughs) I took a course with them and they uh, they have this thing called sacred circle and it's also very similar to Al-Anon yeah so it's a modality of healing and it's really powerful because you know so often we're not seen or heard in these stories so to have and then you know people want to be anonymous and that's really important to us, anonymous and confidentiality. Not everyone wants to share their story for the public or Mm -hmm. write it on one of those websites, you know, they just want to be private. And 
Moomiel is really a space for that. It's like you just want to be seen and heard. And after that hour, no one knows, no one talks about it, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. So. <laughs> How many people do you usually have in attendance of that? Um, right now it's about 10 or so, yeah. but it, it varies from week to week. Yeah. But that's more nice. welcome. We're really momentum. It's really hard to like to show up. And also it's free. And I feel like sometimes when things are free, it makes it harder to show up. Totally. In a weird way. <laughs> I totally agree. So it's really yeah. important that it's free and accessible to us. But at the same time, you know, it removes the accountability piece and but, you know, you have to search within yourself if you really want to show up and be yeah. seen and heard. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. I'm curious. Um, there may be listeners here who like don't even really resonate with the word womb or like know what you mean. Like, can you just describe what you mean when you say womb healing? Um, yeah. Like, what does that mean to you when you talk about womb healing? It means lots of things to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for us, um, especially my my peer, I guess Lee, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, she really has this amazing meditation, and she's kind of perfected where we walk into like the womb space. And for me, I think that's kind of any space near your sacral chakra, like near the pelvic area. Yeah. Because, um, and it can look, I I like the way she does the meditation because it's very imaginative and it can look any way you want it to. Like you get to to decide. (laughs) No, it can be like orange and have giant flowers or... I love it. <laughs> yeah, whatever makes sense for you. And that's what I'm interested in. Womb to me is like, it's just a very comforting word. Yeah. Makes me feel like a giant hug mm. or something. I don't even so much associate it with like the actual organs, but more of like just the, the warmth yeah. and the hug and like totally. the... Yeah, there's this artist, Janine Antoni. Um, she is a feminist performance artist and she did this amazing, um, it's kind of like a sculpture and a performance with this dancer. And the dancer is like dancing inside this canal and it's called, the uh, performance is called Honey Baby and the canal is like all dripped in honey and the dancer's like in it. Oh my goodness. Like, it's really amazing. And that's kind of what I think of yeah. when I think of womb. It's like yeah. this like dripped and honey and like warm space. Yeah. I definitely but. feels warm to me. I agree. Yeah. Like just warmth and fertility, not necessarily like human, like being fertility, but just like so much creativity and aliveness and like the birth of ideas and the birth of bodies and the birth of like connection and like yeah 
definitely yeah like definitely celebrating all that like manifesting is very like super rich and like lots of depth and intricacy but also simplicity Mm. actually it's kind of like both at the same time interesting Mm -hmm. I love it Um, I think that it's in you said simplicity right yeah it's like I was imagining like just like all this depth and intricacy but then I was like at the same time it's just so simple and clean and like I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because lately I've been thinking a lot about doubt and how um you know we tend to like doubt ourselves a lot because of the patriarchal kind of like systems that are in place and how sometimes because that like womb idea within us is so simple it like makes me personally sometimes question even further I'm like it can't be like this simple like there's gotta be a catch and then my like logical brain goes into like explaining away like why I shouldn't listen to my intuition (laughs) totally oh my gosh I totally agree like that inner knowing is so simple and Mm -hmm. clean and so clear and like we just complicate it in our heads and in our systems and our societies yeah yep wow I mean there's so much like information that's kind of out there that's really like putting like you know something might be happening to you and then you think about a book you read you think about a movie you watch you think about what happened in your own personal family but your intuition's over here like hello all you need to do is this one thing (laughs) why are you complicating this (laughs) (laughs) I love it um anything else you feel like a listener wants to hear from you or that you're called to say or share before we wrap up this conversation like Uh, open well I'm just hoping that everyone will be able to attend the exhibition either in person or online yeah I'm super excited about it and if you're interested in participating I am my dms are always open I'm always interested in like hearing another story or if you'd like to participate in wound healing that is always always open and always will be free such so a that's everybody gift you offer it's amazing thank you yeah the the thing I realized was that you know if I'm going to ask people to share their stories for one I need to share mine first mm-hmm. so I did that on uh, Instagram and then two I need a space to it's not easy to talk about it I mean yeah. I was just at Planned Parenthood the other day and I never go back there because it kind of was a little traumatizing for me mm-hmm. and I was feeling all the yeah tension and I had to kind of talk myself like down like you're just here for a checkup it's okay yeah, totally <laughs> not pregnant again right so. <laughs> totally agree our bodies remember in really powerful ways sometimes yes absolutely and I think part of the exhibition is creating like a safe in- environment so the the waiting room doesn't feel so intimidating because mm. there is a lot of shame around abortion and so yeah. we talk about it more 
you know someone said to me the other day there's there's a lot of art projects already about abortion I was like clearly there is not enough because just look at the news <laughs> like yeah. we need to talk about this more every day what do we so. mean by a lot oh my goodness and it's if you're out there and you're ready to share your story you know Amanda's here I'm here we want to hear your story and you're really brave even if you just write it down on a piece of paper and you don't share it but it's like out there in the universe absolutely so powerful so important okay well let's just stay connected keep having conversations I'm sure that I'll be following and sharing your project and um yeah let's keep yeah thank you talking about abortion (laughs) yeah I love it I love everything you do it's amazing thank you thank you so much for having me you're welcome Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.